How's it going, everybody? This is Andy McCullough from The Athletic here with Mark Carrig, also from The Athletic. You are listening to Beyond the Scrum, a baseball podcast for The Athletic. Mark, how's it going, man? I'm doing great, Andy. How are you? That's good. You are wearing a Pirates cap and a Pirates t-shirt. You have fully regressed. Uh, I'm very proud of you. Oh, man, it's so bad. I'm watching so much baseball. I got like a pirate cap. Like just putting on a random hat every day. Like it feels like college. Like I'm going to class just about the same amount too. So it really does feel like school again. Well, Mark, uh, good luck with all of that. I'm sure it's going to go really well. Anyway, we have a great guest this week. It's Mark Saxon. He covers the Cardinals for us here at The Athletic. Uh, The Cardinals have... Been in the news a great deal over the last few weeks uh, for precisely zero good reasons, as they are the second team to be uh, waylaid by a outbreak of COVID-19. Mark has been all over the story uh, for us, just doing a great job, both breaking news, providing analysis, like trying to explain what's going on. Uh, so I guess, like, Mark, to start, just, like, can you just kind of give us, like, the state of play right now with the Cardinals, where they're at, what they're hoping to uh, – when they're hoping to get back to play, what that even might look like, I guess? Well, I, I think, you know, for all of them, they, they would have preferred to have played more than five games to this point, <laughs> to have had 13 straight games wiped out by a COVID outbreak. But I think for them – and you're, you're seeing a lot of, like, signs of – just like this simmering frustration with the players right now, right? You're seeing guys that go on social media and get just ticked off about stuff. And I think the reason for that is they had this outbreak, right? And and nobody really for sure knows how an outbreak happens, right? We're living in a pandemic. And so they've had this double whammy of not only having some of their friends and teammates get sick, but also being blamed by a lot of people, right? For ruining baseball or whatever they've done. and, you know, the vast majority of them, I think, did follow the protocols and do everything that they should have done. If all it takes, and we're seeing this on other teams too, right? One guy goes out and there it is. You bring it in and, and now it's, you know, multiplying exponentially on your team. So that's where they stand. They still hope to get back on the field. And whether that's in Chicago this weekend or next week in Chicago or after that when the Reds come in, if, if they were to do the full 14 days, which they haven't done yet, that the CDC initially recommended that would be on the 20th. That's a long way off. Jeez. Uh, do you, I guess I'm, I'm curious, like this is maybe more like a philosophical question as a reporter, like there in, in our business, we always want to know kind of like why this happened, I guess. Uh, and I'm just curious, like that seems impossible to know. Right. Like, I mean, it's just like, how do you sort of go about trying to figure that out? I guess. I don't think you could, you know, and let, you know, I guess if you were to really get the greatest epidemiologists on earth, a team of them and like really dig in and, you know, go in, maybe you could get some closer certainty of where exactly it did come from. I mean, they've done all the contact tracing. They claim they know who patient zero was. Right. Um, But it's just hard to believe. And I don't think, most medical people or, or, or scientists would tell you that it's that easy to be that certain. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've kicked the tires on some of those type of stories that you were talking about. I've gotten tips of players being X, X Y, or Z plays where they maybe shouldn't have been. Um, but part of that is, you know, at the athletic, you know, and I started to look into some of that. We, 
we don't believe in naming players if they're not, if their name isn't out there. So, and to do that story, you're, if you were to identify a player, you know, you're bringing down a lot of stuff on their head, right? They're going to be blamed for it, even though we don't know, if, you know, on, with 100% certainty that that would be the, the source of it. So I think ultimately those stories can be just, they'll end in frustration and really not the result that you're looking for. Mark, how hard is it, you know, because we, we all know, right? The industry talks. There's, there is so much chatter. It happened with the Marlins. God knows it's happening with the Cardinals again. Like, it's not yeah. that hard to hear some crazy-ass theory, story, um, fable about, like, who did what at night. So, like, I, I guess how tough is it to sort of show that restraint, right? Because you, you're hearing it. I think lots of people are hearing it. But as you mentioned, you know, there, there, are, there are guidelines, right? There's standards yeah. to reach. Uh, but you're also a reporter. You're trying to tell the story, and you're hearing stuff. So, like, is is that tough to sort of walk the line like that? Yeah, I mean, my instinct is everything I hear to try and follow it up, right? See where it, see where it goes. See if there is a story there. Maybe come back and, you know, some one of our editors might say, no, it's not a story. Let's kill it, you know, for the X, Y, and Z reason. But at least look into it. Um, and I do think like some of the stuff has been a little bit, you know, reckless. Um, you know, I think it was July 12th or so Dexter Fowler, Harrison Bader went to a concert that was a drive, drive-in concert. It was Nelly, local St. Louis guy, and it was sponsored by a casino. Right. So I, I do think that's where this casino rumor. Oh, originated. interesting. Yeah. It was not at a casino. It was at an amphitheater that happens to be, um, the naming rights are a casino that's nearby. Okay. Uh-huh. So I do think that's where that came from. Derek Gould went to the Milwaukee casino and they didn't have any record of Cardinals there. Mm-hmm. Are there casinos in Minneapolis? I, I don't know for sure. Probably. Right. I don't um, think so. so. They're not easy. Oh, to, okay. As a, as a degenerate, I can tell you that they're not, <laughs> they're not, they're, they're, so quick. they're not with it. I can tell you where every one to no limit hold'em game you can find in the American or national league is. He's uh, not exaggerating casino. folks. That is but true. No, mi- ah. to, to my understanding, Minnesota does not have ones within walking distance of target field anyway okay so that sounds like maybe not a casino in minneapolis but there are (laughs) casinos in st louis so you can't rule it out but it's like you know did somebody do something they shouldn't have done yeah there were guys who were doing stuff including on the field by the way let's not forget that i mean they got excited in those first five games and did some high fives and i was watching a game last night the walk-off right and they mobbed joey Votto. so like I don't know. Like, it's just, there's just too many holes here, right? Like, I just don't think that the source story is really going to pan out for any of these. Well, and I think too, like, it's a lot, it's a lot more satisfying, I think, to readers and to all of us is if you just say this happened because player X did Y activity that caused this, you know, and you can just say, okay, well, in the future, let's not do Y activity. You know, it's just not that simple, though, because like, yeah, it, you know, OK, so it's interesting. I was talking to uh, an executive the other day and it was kind of in the uh, the context of uh, what happened with Mike Clevenger and uh, uh, what's what's Dan Plesak's nephew's name? Zach. 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 <laughs> I'm a national <laughs> baseball writer. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. Anyway, what happened with Plesak and Clevenger uh in the and I was talking to this executive and you know obviously like 
those guys have gotten a lot of scorn and, uh, you know, some of their teammates have spoken out about it and like, yeah, they, they misbehave. But I think what, you know, this executive was kind of saying is like every one knows that there's a couple guys on their team and maybe more who are doing things they shouldn't be. And sometimes it's, uh, you know, sometimes it's, uh, like on purpose or sometimes it's out of, you know, sort of selfishness. And sometimes it's just out of like, cause it's hard, you know, these are, it's hard, you know, Rocco Baldelli spoke to this, um, I think a week ago when he was sort of talking to the team, to his own team about, you know, introducing their compliance officer. Like we need, there's a lot of stuff you got to keep track of, you know? Um, yeah. and so we have this sort of impulse to sort of like blame individual actors for the overall instability of the entire operation, you know? And I think like what you've seen with, you know, people wanting to say, you know, Oh, it's cause the Marlins did, you know, the, cause they went out to a nightclub or, Oh, the Cardinals went to a casino. And like, yeah, you know, that is, if you're a baseball player, that is sort of infuriating, I guess, in a sense, right. but it's also like not the explanation, you know, even like whether it happened or not, like we're not, you know, even if it's true, which we don't know. And that's just, I don't know. I've, I've, I've found myself sort of, um, uh, frustrated that that's the the solution that folks look towards, I guess, the answer that people are looking towards. Yeah, I mean, I find that frustrating too. Um, but I guess it's human nature, For right? sure, I mean, yeah. Yeah, we just got to have, there's got to be an explanation. There's got to be somebody who did something, right? Who, mm-hmm. who let that in. Mm-hmm. And, and there's also like, I'm learning through basically things I put on social media based, based on the replies, like just how much ignorance there is about how this thing works too. That's a little bit the distressing part, you know, mm-hmm. people say there's no way just one guy could have done something and now 13 guys have it. You talk to anybody who knows about viruses and how fast mm-hmm. they mutate, how fast they spread, easily that could happen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So just things like that can be a little bit frustrating and I for sure. think for them very frustrating. Yeah. You know, the, the kind of off that point, like I, I kind of think it's a fiction as far as uh, – wanting an explanation i think because the folks in the game know how complicated and complex this is it, to, to get people to buy into going through with a season like this requires them to buy into the fiction that oh mm. it's one guy that did x and that's why this mm-hmm. happened mm-hmm. right like right. there's there's a, a very convenient simplicity to that narrative and we all know it's bullshit okay but you need to package this in a certain way to play baseball season. And it feels like this is it. And there's real power behind that narrative because you've got the commissioner of the game, you know, shortly after the Cardinals canceled one of those series and I'm losing track of him at this point was when he reached out to Carl Ravitch and he said, the players have to be better, but you know, I don't know. I just think that that, that sort of leads to that narrative taking off. Right. Well, it's the sort of thing that, that you can, in theory, improve the behavior of the players. You can improve compliance with your protocols. What Major League Baseball can't do is stop the spread of the pandemic across the country. That is, you know, that the death toll is now approaching 165,000. Like, so it's, I, I think I, I, I reacted, I think the way a lot of folks did, you know, when you saw those, comments from the commissioner being like wow you're gonna blame the players for this shit but what's you know like they've all agreed they've all signed up for this the players signed up for this to play in this environment and the owner signed up to to put together this you know sort of strange experiment so 
I don't really know. I mean, even though like from a maybe an intellectual standpoint, you know, like you'd prefer if the commissioner framed it a little more like charitably towards the players. Also, like he can't control the country. He can yeah. maybe he can threaten the players though. So I uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's I think they are folk they are packaging it in that way because that's what they actually are able to have some sort of impact on, but I don't really think that changes the general instability of the entire thing. Yeah, the other thing I would add, if I if we're going to bash MLB for a minute here, is <laughs> I think I was actually you... praising MLB for the first time in a few. Oh, a few okay. that was praise. From <laughs> me, well, what, yeah. I mean, what's he supposed to do? They've agreed to do this horrible thing, this horrible idea. <laughs> I don't know. How do you really feel, Andy? <laughs> that was praise. <laughs> but what I, I was going to say, they need to get they need to get these guys' information quicker. Uh, yeah. Because I know on the Cardinals, they're really sick of reading stuff on social media before yeah. they hear about it. Mm-hmm. it. And it, you know, if your buddy gets sick, like it, as soon as they get a positive, there should be like an immediate, immediate notification of everybody who could have come around that player, right? Because you'd want to know. You'd want to know because you might quarantine differently around your family or something if you were around that guy in close proximity. So, I, I do think MLB needs to be a little quicker in terms of getting information to these guys. Like I, I'm, I'm curious about this and getting back to, I think, why people reacted to the commissioner's comments because all of it was put on the players. The players have to get better. And we've heard that not just from him, in fairness. Every manager has said it. Yep. Every GM yeah. has said it. Every player the players said it. it. The too. players yeah. are saying it the loudest. Now they definitely are. Yeah, yeah. No, but here's I what I think is interesting about that. The more you say that shit, the louder you say it, the more you're absolving the other side of that equation, which to me is there's an organizational accountability to this too. So as an example, like I uh, you know, Patrick Mooney, one of our Cubs writers, writers, terrific, terrific reporter, you know, conceive this story about what are teams doing to encourage players to stay in like it's one thing to scare the hell out of him and say this bad thing is going to happen if you leave but if you're smart aren't you trying to incentivize staying in make it as comfortable and easy as possible so it made me wonder in the cardinals case had you gotten any sense at all about what the organization has had done to try to get the compliance beyond just scare tactics and stern lectures and tough words. Uh, it seems to me it's been mostly scare tactics and stern lectures and tough words. I mean, I can tell you, you know, the access we've gotten over the last, you know, as this thing is shut down, you know, they've wanted to really control the, the message. So it's been all John Mosellock, right? The, the president of baseball ops. And, he just keeps talking about, I can certainly tell you this is going to be a very, very serious wake-up call. I know that I said that three days ago as well, but this one's really <laughs> going to be, this one's really the wake-up call, right? Um, that's a good point. I mean, I, I think the Cubs had all sorts, I mean, what are they, how are they incentivizing staying in? Are they like giving guys board games or? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for like cheesy. Playstations in every yeah. room. No, like, so, so I, I did the this, reporting uh, on the reminds Yankees. Me of, uh, this reminds me of that scene in Mad Men where Peggy tells Don that she never, he never says thank you. And Don goes, that's what the money's for. Like that's the incentive. <laughs> the millions of dollars you're being paid. So, so like, okay. Which is, I, I assume what major league base, what, teams were thinking 
so, you know, before they got to the right. game. So here's right. a, here's a couple we'll pay things. you if you stay in. Yeah. Like, it, you know, on one hand, you're like, these are zillionaires. They don't need to be comped a cup of coffee. Right? Like, they, they don't. The players mm-hmm. can afford a freaking cup of coffee. Then you hear that, you know, according to the Derek Jeter version of events in Miami, one of the players who left the hotel and broke protocol was because they just wanted to go get a cup of coffee. So a team like the Yankees is taking that cup of coffee and providing it for free. In addition to, I think they've got like a game room set up. They have uh, okay. rented out a ton of space so that they can do distance get-togethers. Um, another example, like, you know, there's team meetings before every game, right? Like pitchers or hitters, whatever. And in a, even in a ballpark that's being repurposed, it can be tough to find the space to do that where you can have the distancing and also have the privacy. Well, they're doing it in their hotel, all right? Mm-hmm. So they don't have to leave. Like, um, So that's one end of the spectrum, right? And then I've heard of another team where they're like, yeah, order room service. You're paying for that. And like, again, they can afford it, yeah. but I think it's what the message that you're sending is where that really counts, right? And so right. that's why I've just been interested in that. Yeah, I get it. And it's all true. The players are responsible for this. They should, you know, make better decisions, but shouldn't it make more sense also to like have an organization reinforce that? Yeah, it's super interesting. And I think... You know, it really is starting to look like the teams that handle these protocols the best are going to win the most games. They're going to get the best seating in the playoffs. Um, I mean, we haven't even talked about, like, because it seems like the secondary story, but we haven't even talked about, like, the competitive aspect mm-hmm. of the Cardinals. I can't tell you how screwed this team is. <laughs> ten, ten players down. Yeah. Okay, so if they were to resume, ten players off the top, right? You're replacing those guys. I don't even, I don't even know if they have 10 players that they want from Springfield on this roster. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Then there's the fact that Jack Flaherty hasn't thrown a pitch in a competitive environment in three weeks, Mm -hmm. huge, huge injury risk Mm -hmm. for all these guys. So the real mess of it, I mean, we, we haven't even fully seen Let's see what this team looks like in a few weeks. I mean, you know, I, I think it's a tough thing to ask them to do. So here's a crazy thing, and Andy and I talked about this earlier. And 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 granted, this is a very extreme sort of thing, but don't they have to talk about shutting down Flaherty? Like, do you really reboot this guy, get him ramped up again, and you look around the game and you see all of these great pitchers? They're dropping like flies. It's awful. Okay? Yeah. yeah. Flaherty's one of the best young pitchers in the game. Are they really? Like, I mean, don't they have to consider... What I mean again, it is extreme, but don't they have to have that on the table? I I wouldn't be shocked if that came up, Mark. I really wouldn't. Um, especially, you know, any any discomfort after this first start out or whatever. And I also think they'll just have it on a you know, it'll be like his second start in spring training or something, right? So he'll be two innings. I don't I don't know. I mean I can't imagine he'd be as many as seventy pitches on the first one, right? He's throwing bullpens. I just I don't know. I think you're right. I think you handle them with kid gloves. If you feel great all season, maybe you keep going. Maybe you bake in a little extra rest, but that's where their head needs to be. I I, I agree with you on that. Do you think they are in that play? Like, have, has Moseliak, like, has, yeah, like, wh- what can you, like, what is, what does John Moseliak want to accomplish at this point in 2020? He's pretty candid about admitting that right now his head really isn't right around, you know, how good they're going to be. 
Right. You know, it, it just for a while, like it's been about, you know, making sure nobody got sick or got their family super sick. Right. And I, I, I think you have to, I mean, the, that's, that's like real. I mean, he For knows sure. these people and he's, yeah, ta- yeah, you know, yeah. he's kind of like all these parents and wives and they're entrusting him with their people, you know? Mm-hmm. So he's got, that's his first thing. And then number two, I think that is his focus. It's, it's structuring the return to play mm-hmm. so that it's most disaster proof, right? It's, mm-hmm can they get a workout in tomorrow for a game this weekend? And then maybe two workouts just to get on the field. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You look at like, I read something about like muscle atrophy. Mm-hmm. They were, they were in hotel rooms in Milwaukee for five days, mm-hmm. you know, at the molecular level, your, your muscles start to atrophy in like as short as a week. Mm-hmm. So it's, it really is setting them up for really bad situation. And they're, they're told, even though they're in St. Louis now, they're told not to leave their houses. That's, right. that's still where they are. They're not right. supposed to leave their houses. Except for mm-hmm. tests, right? They, they're doing drive-through tests and that's it, right? They're allowed to leave for the drive-through test. You know, if you're a, a guy who's a veteran, who has a family and has a big house out in the county with a big yard, you're fine. You can go mm-hmm. throw. Mm-hmm. But if you're one of the young guys who's renting like an apartment in the Central West End in the city, you know, not mm-hmm. you can't go to the Forest Park and throw, you know? I, mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I, if I were the team, I would think outdoor activities would be encouraged, right? But I guess it's yeah. getting there and, you know, but yeah, so that's, that's where they are. It's incredible. Yeah. What? I mean, like, how many games would they, like, I, I don't even know how to, like, like, how many games <laughs> would they have to play for this season to feel, like, remotely legitimate? That's that's the you know what Rob Manfred needs to answer soon because they're not going to be able to get to sixty mm-hmm. unless they push the season back, you know specifically with them in mind or with the net next outbreak in mind and say mm-hmm. okay we're actually going to finish on, on October fifth it's not going to be September twenty seventh they're not going to get to sixty games I mean given what we just talked about with the injury risk to make them play ten eleven double headers I, I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just stupid you know they don't have enough pitchers for that right mm-hmm. I mean who knows who's going to be starting so I think they'll make up some but it, I'd be curious what you guys think is legit if, if some team gets to 60 if the Dodgers get to 60 if the Mets gets to, get to 60 the Phillies all these teams and the Cardinals get to 50 is that fair I, I don't know they, they have to answer that question it, what is fair about this season is <laughs> you know play without 10 players fair right, right. so that's like it, the question. That's the next question. It actually, I was thinking about it uh, yesterday. I was thinking about you know you'd be on here and like that question would come up like what what's legit and it occurred to me like you know how there's like a certain qualifier uh, for batting average right like if uh-huh. you hit a certain amount of at bats then okay you're in and if you're short it doesn't count like I I don't know how they come to that number actually I have I have no clue maybe it's like an obvious answer but like. I have no idea, and but I would guess like this would be the comp, right? Like you would, you know, w- use whatever formula you would do for that for for at bats for for qualifying or or innings pitch for pitchers, right? And then just apply it to, to to games played. I would think, but I mean, it just seems so problematic, like on so many levels. And you know, like, how, like think about how much that just like messes up everything else. Like it's just it's crazy to me. I, but I don't know. I don't have a good answer for it. And I guess neither does Major League Baseball at this point. Yeah, I have no idea what that would look like. So, yeah, plate appearances, what is it, 3.1 per team game? 
yeah, so you could do, you know, two thirds of the major league schedule, whatever. But yeah, it's that that's an aspect of it. They got to figure out. And I, I would think they would want to do that pretty soon. Yeah. No, it, it is funny to me that like, there are so many parts of this where we're having to do that math, right? Like I, I saw a story just on our site not too long ago. Alex Coffey wrote it, our A's writer, and she talked to Scott Boris, right? So their third baseman, Matt Chapman's a client. And, and you know, how do you figure out those, those statistics for arbitration, right? Like what, mm. <laughs> how do you take the numbers yeah. adjusted and make it work? So like, it's just, it's like every layer of this is just so screwed up and, you know, the fact that like, I can't believe it. They've played five games, the Cardinals, five games. <laughs> how do you, yeah, how do you, what about their arbitration eligible guys? When they have five <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, that's, uh, I got one save. Pay me 10 minutes. <laughs> right. Right. I saved 20% of our games. I mean, that translates <laughs> to 50. Pay me. Uh, I just, like, what do you do? Right. Like, it's just, it's wild. Totally, totally crazy. Mark, are you, are you, I guess what, when you had sort of like uh, gamed out what this season might look like, right? Did you like entertain, okay, what am I going to do if the Cardinals have an outbreak? God, that's it. Yeah, I think I did. I mean, I I, I, I thought it, you know, I mean, I think we all thought it was going to happen somewhere, right? And then when you saw it happen to the Marlins, I'm like, okay. So that that's a possibility. A team could get just get shut down for eight or ten days. Um, and I, I mean, I didn't. I wouldn't say I game planned it, but it did occur to me. Um, and then when it starts happening, you, you guys know. I mean, you're we're all the same, right? When like news starts happening, you just start grinding on your phone and texting everybody who you think likes you or maybe doesn't hate you or give you information. So it was just kind of like that situation, right? It doesn't um, take me very long. And then just try to, no, no, I, I've got two people on earth who still don't hate me. So <laughs> I'm, those are my only two. I, is there, can you kind of explain the second round of uh, positives they had? Yeah. So I'm trying to think second round. Okay. The first round was three people. Second round was the big, the big number, right? It was sort of well, like in that six range, wasn't it? Yeah, but it was like they were about ready to go, and then they got uh, another wave in. So maybe that was the third, actually. Yes. Okay. They were. That was when they had already gotten back. What happened yeah. there is, so they quarantined for five days in Milwaukee, right. not allowed to leave their room. They got Chick Fil A the whole the whole nine. And they were quarantining in a haunted hotel, by the way. Oh, the Fister. Uh, what, so they said, okay, you're testing every day. There's been no negatives over the last five days. You're cleared. You're cleared to get on a plane in the morning, fly to St. Louis. They worked out that afternoon. It was Wednesday. They worked out Wednesday and Thursday. Off the Thursday testing, I believe on Friday, they got the results. And there were, let me think about this, I believe four new positives at that point so now shut it down again and so that's kind of basically and they since then they've had one more positive which they sort of expected because he's he he shares an apartment here with ryan helsley who was one of the other positives so that was sort of automatic i mean they they thought that he was going to test positive so that's what happened since five days wasn't long enough what is the proper day what is the proper number of days right and most scientists will agree it doesn't have to be 14 if you're testing every day because the incubation period 
really probably isn't 14 days in terms of negative tests and mm-hmm. asymptomatic. So now that's where they are right now. Mm-hmm. They're at about a week. And is that good enough? Right. They have to decide that. Right. Because it seems like that, that the third wave or whatever it would be, that, that one, the one after they came back from Milwaukee was where the situation jumped from like, okay, this is a pretty significant setback to, okay, this has destroyed the baseball season. Like this That's is, right. The, you know, yeah. And that was the one where it's like, this is ridiculous already. And I think that's where the, the team started to sort of admit that they came back too soon. But I want everybody to know this. They got clearance from Major League Baseball. You guys know that. I mean, they're not, they're not – the people canceling these games are not the Cardinals. The people telling the Cardinals they can play is not the Cardinals. That's Major League Baseball. It's their call. So both the league and the Cardinals sort of jointly came back a little bit too soon. Yeah. I, right. I think that's the best way to see it. So, you know, if they get back, when they get back uh, – do they they have an, do they have enough built up arms laying around to get through this because I know that had been an issue with the Marlins to the point that they were I mean it was like three moves a day for a week it felt like with those guys I, where the Cardinals stand with that as far as just having enough inventory to even feel the team and th- to have people throw innings for them right out of the shoot great question and I need to I need to think through that a little bit like really dig into the roster a little bit more. Um, uh, but I will say this, when they were sort of putting that satellite camp together, you know, you saw teams kind of, some of them put like their advanced prospects, their triple a guys there thinking that they would need these replacements, right? The Cardinals sort of erred on that side of, we want our top prospects to continue to develop. So like two of the arms down there, for example, are Matthew Liberator and Zach Thompson, who was their number one pick last season Mm -hmm. these guys like have barely touched a ball I don't see them calling them up this season these are like 19 and 20 year old guys 21 year old guys they're not quite ready so that's a great question you know they have a few like higher prospects Johan Oviedo um, some guys like that but especially on the starter front I I don't see them having enough guys if they're going to load up a bunch of double headers early Early when they get back, it just really doesn't make sense to me. You're going to see the the entire pitching staff using being used a lot of those games. That just sounds like a world of hurt. Because like, so I've been working on a story, and, and something that I realized for teams that end up in that spot, like scouting as we know it doesn't exist right now. Mm-hmm. So you have no idea. Let's say even you have an interest in a guy on the waiver wire, if he hasn't thrown in a major league game yet, right? You haven't seen him since March, right? Because like, there's no scouts at the alternate sites, and there's no scouts at, at summer camp. Like, you haven't had any looks. Like, you're, you are going to have to roll the dice with someone sight unseen. They could show up looking like, you know, like they ate Manny Sandian. You know, you'd have no idea, right? You'd have no like idea. Like they ate you, right? Yeah, right. Whoa. Like, you know, whoa, whoa. whoa. Well, Damn, I mean, Saxon? he called you Manny Sandian, and now you just said like they ate Manny Sandian. <laughs> Bringing it full circle. <laughs> so yeah, like, but right, like, it's isn't that crazy? Like, you, you're gonna end up potentially if you have to find innings, like, taking shots on dudes sight unseen. It's crazy. Yeah, are there any indie leagues that are playing right now? Just sign like the whole pitching staff off one of those. Hey, that's my that you know, like, there's like, so these leagues have popped up, and I and and you can't see this, but it's like leagues. It, it's really like two teams playing each other every night. 
right? So those guys can get gigs, right? Yeah, like I mean, there some of those have been signing with teams, like ending up in player pools just because they need need the innings. Like, oh, okay, they're semi in shape. Come on in, you know. Like that's kind of how. Like, and, and I hate to say it that way, but I mean, it's really not that far off. Like, you know, I mean, that's that's kind of what's going on right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I, given what Andy and you and I were just talking about with these injury risks, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to see the Cardinals pad their roster with a few of those guys, and yeah. they're probably working on it as we speak. Well, you know, it's interesting. Like, they, you know, you, you have to consider, okay, do you shut down Flaherty, right? Is it worth it to bring back Flaherty? But, like, there's a lot of young arms. I mean, this team is built around kind of young arms. That's what they did really well last year was pitch. And so, like, you – yeah, Flaherty gets maybe an extra level of care, but it's not like the other guys are just disposable, you know? Like, there, there's the, – the team is built around pitching from age, like, 24 to 28, right? Yeah, it's kind of been their thing really throughout their history, right? I mean, they've been able to develop pitching, you know, and, and a lot of teams have – have struggled with that and you know um for a long time the dodgers really wanted to emulate their system of going and you know back when they were sort of building through free agency they wanted to get that that pipeline of pitching going and they have done that it's not just jack flaherty you're right it's dakota hudson it's daniel ponce de leon Mm -hmm. um yeah there are some real you know talented pitchers in this organization then we mentioned some of the young guys you can't just throw them out there you know This right. Oviedo kid, who I think is probably going to make starts now, may not be ready. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't have a great year last year. Has good stuff, though. They still like him long term. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you, you just – it's a shame when you see, like, circumstances kind of forcing teams' hands in a way. Like, mm-hmm. if they're throwing guys out there who aren't ready just because they need arms, that's kind of a shame. I mean, mm-hmm. we've all seen instances of players who came up when they weren't ready and kind mm-hmm. of got embarrassed, and it can mm-hmm. set them back. So you just mm-hmm. – I don't think that's I don't think that's really what we want to be doing right now. Yeah. What's the uh, what's the mood of the best fans in baseball right now? <laughs> it's a little, a little salty. Uh, a little, best a little, fans in baseball got right the ass, huh? Yeah, that's nice. I think honestly, like this town, I think it's I think pe- I, like honestly, as big as the Cardinals are, I I just think enough world where. Mm. People are kind of, and this is the scary thing for sports in general. Like, I have a really close buddy who's like as deeply into the Cardinals as anybody. Like, his, you know, from childhood, he was going to games. They were season ticket holders. He's kind of not even paying attention to sports right now. You know, there were times in the in the pandemic, other than my job, you know, what I had to do, I wasn't really paying attention to what was going on in sports. So, um, anyway, that I, I think. I think they're bummed because they can't turn on a Cardinals game in the evening. And that's kind of the backdrop of a St. Louis summer. It just really is everywhere you go, you hear Cardinals games on. Um, But I think like the rest of us, they're kind of moving on and finding other forms of entertainment. Right. Uh, Let's pause to hear a word from our sponsors at Indochino. Hey, pants, everyone needs them. Um, <laughs> Dude, Indochino's well, good stuff. What? Tell me about it, Mark. It's what you guys chide me for for wearing to the ballpark when you used to go to the, when we used to go to the ballparks. Oh, you're like uh, your eyewash suits. Yes, my eyewash coats and ties. They're wonderful. Eyewash shirts. That's great. 
That's yeah. great. You yeah. should have seen the Mets beat when they realized that one of the shirts had my initials on it. Oh, no. They, I never lived it down. The monogram, Where were the initials? Lived, well, you know, on the cuff. Where else would they be? <laughs> I don't know. I don't put That's my true. name you on shirts. You don't wear shirts with, like, buttons on them. That's true. I don't I don't wear shirts with my name. The only, <laughs> the only shirt I wear that has a name on it is, a, is an Eagles jersey with number nine and foals on the back, baby. Out of baby. Out of baby. There it is. Greg, you're all class, buddy. All class, you baby. All class. <laughs> like, yeah, all eyewash, more like it. Like, dude, the point you made there, like, you know, with the fans, I've been actually having this conversation a lot. Like, it's just so bizarre to get into it. And obviously, Cardinals fans don't even have anything to watch right now. Like, what, what's it been like for you to kind of go through this? You've been doing this a long time, too. So, like, what, how have you dealt with mm. sort of this rhythm of things and, and you know, like, how do you reconcile, like, doing this, covering this, but also against the backdrop of, you know, it's, it's tough times right now, obviously. Like, I don't want this to come across the wrong way, but, like, sometimes when, like, there's news happening and, like, we get tested as reporters, I actually kind of enjoy that, the chase of it, like, mm-hmm. trying to get it. Um, so part of it was that, and I did try to, like, just kind of, like, just go, look, this is important, so, like, get on it, mm-hmm. you know, you know, bust your ass and try to get as many of these, you know, do, do these stories and find out what it means. And so I guess I, I sort of enjoyed that part of it. Um, like you guys and like everybody else in our industry, I certainly hope they get something like, a, you know, some semblance of a season in, you know, and that, that there's some financial viability both to the league and to our company. So I'm definitely rooting for that. During the quarantine, I, I guess there were times when I felt sort of like you had to get more creative and have some fun with some stories, which I liked, but also there were times when I'm like, good Lord, I really don't want to do another top 10, uh, <laughs> you know, Cardinals double plays of all yeah. time. So probably Dude, exactly I, like you guys. I, I, mean, I wrote about Hulk Hogan's rock album. I mean, like, it, you know, these were dark times. Yeah, yeah <laughs> That I've was got, one of the like quality stories. I've got a whole <laughs> boatload of that stuff from, yeah. from this time period. I, I wonder how many, baseball executives if you gave them truth serum if they would just say they just want to get through this year with all their people healthy like from both baseball injuries and obviously of course covid because it's you know i mean like the guys on some of the guys on the cardinals was mike schilt was talking about guys were actually like hospitalized which like is a nice not a nice reminder but it's like another reminder that this thing despite what amazingly the rhetoric still is about it is this is very serious, you know? And, but I think, I guess my, my larger point is that, you know, I think just executives are just like, just get everyone healthy, get to next year and hope like everyone else is just like, get to a time when hopefully there's a vaccine and some version of normalcy in this country, you know? Yeah. Somebody Rick Hummel got to Whitey Herzog and he asked him what he thinks of all this craziness. And he said, you know what? Just put the Yankees and the Dodgers in the World Series. It's so obvious they're the best teams. Just Whoa. start the World Series now. I swear to God. Oh, man. What are we doing here? It's so obvious. I was hoping yeah. he was like, say, bunt more and steal bags. Let's go. Uh, yeah, he's going, where's the 100 stolen base yeah, guy anymore? Yeah, yeah. The game is dead. Put it's him boring. in motion, baby. Let's go. When Whitey Herzog is like, all right, let's just get through this. Like That's when you know like, this, is a pretty, <laughs> this is a pretty bleak endeavor. Yeah, that radical Whitey Herzog. You know, <laughs> all for uh, you know PPE and masks and things. Oh, yeah, 
Uh, well, Mark, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we really do appreciate it. You've done, I mean, you, the work you've done is just really, really strong covering a, I mean, just frankly, a disaster. And so we, we really appreciate you just coming on and explaining what this whole situation has been like. I enjoyed it. Is there like a parting gift, any Indochino or anything? Or Would you like some? I mean, I've got a tie that like I could probably yeah. send your way. It's lovely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've been worn once. I'll take I'll take the Craig hand me down. <laughs> That's almost brand new. Come on, like it's. Oh man, I'll take it. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm looking no at jelly you. Stains? I, no, I'm looking at you. Je- come on, come on. You know, no, okay. no jelly stains. Get out of it. Like I'm looking at you and Zimmer. It would really go well with your skin tone. Bring your eyes out this time. Yeah, I, I'm more of a like a kind of a summer. I can't. You know, it's got to be. I'd agree with you that. Know, blues, yeah. Mm-hmm. And okay. this is a blue tie, bro. Okay. I just, I just think about all the suits that Karig doesn't get to wear this year, you know, <laughs> oh. all the and all the hours his friends don't get to make fun of him for wearing those suits to the ballpark. Constant, constant. Yeah. That's just sad. One of the many sad right. by by you know right. things that are happening. We've lost are... everything. We really have. <laughs> Saxon, yeah. thank you. Thanks, for awesome guys. Loved it. Thanks for having me on. All right, man. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good one.